This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalms 107. Psalms 107. If you could just stand in reverence to God's word. Psalms 107, give thanks to the Lord. It says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from the east and west and from the north and south. Heavenly Father, we ask that you just be with us. Uh, This morning, I pray, God, that you would take this word, your word, and begin to let it permeate into our soul, our hearts, our bodies. And, Lord, that we would be uh, not only good listeners, but doers of your word. Lord, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Psalms 107. I'm going to read a little bit, and I'm going to ask you, which four are you? You know, one of the things I, I challenge and uh, we'll, when we go back to the Beatitudes is how do you read yourself into the story? It's very easy to read other people into the story. You know, it's very easy for the spouse to hit their, you know, their wife or husband in the ribs and say, hey, are you listening? Uh, that's easy. Everybody can do that. Self-awareness, that's a whole different uh, set of uh, gifts. We're going to read the chapter, we're going to try to go quickly, and I want you to see the four people groups that are in the story that we're reading. There are four people, and then I'm going to ask you, by God's grace, can you find yourself in one of those categories? Again, it's easy to point out other people where they might be, it's a whole different gift set, an awareness about yourself Let's say, Lord, maybe that's, maybe that's me. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell their story. In verse 4, it says, Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, And their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Let's move down to verse 10. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. Let's go down to verse 17. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathe all food and draw near the gates of death. In verse 23, some went out, out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty water, waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For then he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted the high waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril. Their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. 
So the reason I want to share this chapter with you, it is Thanksgiving weekend, and there are so many things that we can concentrate on. Maybe we're, we are just thinking of where we are in our lives right now, which is what I'm challenging you to do. But Lord, sometimes we can lose focus, and then we can begin to just fall into despair instead of giving thanks. You know, these holiday seasons, a lot of times people struggle with holiday seasons of Thanksgiving. Families get together, but not all families. Some people on, on social media look like they're having a blast, but not all families are having a blast. And so these are difficult times, and, it, and we are not exempt as a church from going through these times in our lives. We're going to read the scripture, and when I read it, you're going to see that there are people who are hurting. And then you're going to see how they respond. They're going to begin to cry out. And then you're going to see how God listens and then how God acts. The first category is the restless. So maybe you fit into this category. And I'll be honest with you, there are many times I've done this study over and over again. And it seems like every time I do it, I find myself in a certain category, not always the same category. But some might be struggling with restlessness this morning. In verse 4, it says right here, some wandered in the desert, finding no way to the city. They were hungry and thirsty. They were restless. They're looking for a place to find habitation. Literally, it means they were looking for a place to sit. They're looking for a place that they could call home. Now, when the Bible says it's thirsty... They also mean the word frantic, and it's so easy to fall into this category, especially this time of year. Frantic, searching for something to put their trust in. Do you not, did you not watch the news on the Black Friday crowds? To me, those are frantic, thirsty people looking for something to put their trust in, whether it's the latest new uh, television or the latest gadgetry, but somehow, and I understand, I went out uh, Good Friday, I went at night, and if there was a deal, I was great, I, and I got one. But I was not hurried nor frantic or trying to fill some void that was missing in my life. I just listened to NPR this morning, and, and this lady came from uh, Dublin, Ireland, with $15,000 to buy stuff. She went to Victoria's Secret. Uh, to Best Buy and to Costco. I'm like, do they not have that over there? But just think, frantically, spend all this time to go and rush, searching for something to put their trust in. Do you feel frantic in your journey with Jesus? It could be something sinful, but probably it's just something that you don't feel at peace and ease about. Maybe you're holding on to something. Maybe you're trying to find fulfillment in a person or in a career or in things. Maybe you're trying to find complete fulfillment in your marriage. And you're finding out that you're not finding that fulfillment in marriage. And if you've been part of our church for long enough, you know that Robin and I, we've Kind of like the, the fourth group, but like on, a, on an ocean ship. We've had our highs and we've had our lows. 
frantic. The second category of people are what I would call suffering. Suffering. In verse 10, look at what it says there. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Now, normally, we don't see people suffering. You show up to church, you look good. You On Facebook, it looks great. You come into church, we have meet and greet. We have our little uh, intermission, and you smile, and you shake hands, and you greet, and everything looks good on the surface, but underneath, there could be a sense of suffering. Those who are dwelling in darkness, in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery, changed because they had rebelled against the word of God. And how is it that, and I have a confession, and I forgot, I wanted to share this right off the bat. I, the Bible tells us to confess your sins one to another. And uh, I do have a confession, and I'm being serious here. Uh, the other, I play, I play uh, over 40 soccer with some men from the community. 99% of them are not Christians. I love them. I love that, that group of men. And I saw one guy come to the field, and he was hobbling, and uh, I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, oh, my hip is killing me. I go, what's going on? He goes, I had a hip replacement. I'm like, hip replacement? You're too young for that. Because, yeah, they replaced it and something to do with my nerves. And I just can't walk right. And immediately, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, pray for him. And this is the confession part. I didn't. I didn't. We had a little gathering in my family, and I felt like that was more important. But literally, I got in a car, and I'm thinking, I blew my opportunity to be a witness I'm hoping that I'll run into him next week, and I, I plan to pray for him if, if he still has the ailment. But I just want to let you know as a pastor, sometimes I hear the Holy Spirit, and sometimes I say, I can't do it, or I won't do it. It's not that I can't, I won't. And I want to let you know, um, I ask the Lord to, to forgive me and help me, and, but I want to hold myself accountable to you as a church. Now, if you've been part of Mosaic Church, um, pastor confessing his sins one to another is nothing new. Uh, I, um, I need Jesus as much as you need Jesus. I, I haven't arrived. My shadow doesn't heal the sick. I need Jesus. And sometimes even a pastor can be, can be disobedient. And for that, I'm sorry. I'm praying that the Lord next time gives me opportunity to be obedient. In this particular group, it says here, some sat in darkness. It seems like this group heard the word but rejected it. They rejected it. They rejected God's principles. And sometimes we can become slaves to sin. Slaves to maybe alcohol or a slave to bitterness and anger. Slave to debt. You know, one of the things that people who want to be missionaries, one of the things that they get caught off guard is they do a credit check. And we probably lose about 40% of our applicants because they fail the credit check. Is that obvious? Is that something that, you know, uh, you know, the typical, 
you know, how do you do a youth drama when you're, in, it, it's hard to do in a drama. I mean, you could do the injections, you can do the drinking, you know, the, the, the kissing in the back of the car, but how do you do it over your head in debt? It, it's hard to do in a drama. But I tell you, it's deadly. And these people are dwelling in darkness, in the shadow of death. It says in verse 10 to 16, those who are bound, they've tried to get out, but they can't. I promise you at the end of this sermon, it's going to be about hope. But I want us to be real on this Thanksgiving weekend and understand our circumstances. The third group is what I would call the discouraged. Verse 17, these are fools. They are involved in sinfulness. It says that their iniquity has caused them to be afflicted. These are people who are discouraged. They believe Satan's lie that because of that sin, whatever they might have done, that life is hopeless and worthless and there's no way God can do anything for them anymore. So they're discouraged. They can't, they can't get out of it in their minds. And they begin to lose their situation or their, their concept of, who God is. The last one are people who are in a storm. Don't raise your hand, but do you ever feel like you're in a storm? Now, this storm is really interesting. This storm is just, it's just one of those things where you're just living life. You're not doing anything wrong. You know, you're trying to be obedient. And all of a sudden, you know, a tree falls on your house. Or a transmission blows. Or, you know, something. It just, things happen. Alternator costs lots of money. Have you ever been like that? Raise your hand. <laughs> You're just in a storm. You're just out and about doing your business. It is interesting. It's very similar to the Jonah story that who causes the storm? Here in Psalms 107, it says that God spoke and raised up a storm which lifted up the waves of the sea. The same God did the same in Jonah's story. A, a storm allowed and caused by God. That's for another story. Sometimes it's, we think that we're in control. You know, I don't, I'm going to butcher the, the, the quote, but we, you know, it's like we all say we want to live by faith, but we do everything we can in our powers to never, ever have to live by faith. I've been reading a book, um, reading scriptures through Western eyes, or misreading scriptures through Western eyes, and we talked about even, it talks about even um, savings, and it's like, and, and it's such a first world concept. You know, third world believers are not thinking about, you know, their RRAs or their, you know, their retirement. They're not thinking about social, I mean, they're just living life, and, and, he, and talks about how sometimes in our first world countries, we, we do everything, we put everything in order, in order for never to have to live by faith. One of my favorite funny stories, and since my family's, you might, no telling, but um, uh, I have a, a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vague it here a little bit. I have a, a family member who made sure their child uh, did their best to go to school without any debt. And they worked really hard to make sure they're, but what they couldn't control was that, person fell in love with a young girl who happened to be at the same school 
and she did not have the same conviction. And so when they got married, uh, he, he, he inherited a massive amount of debt. I think that's funny. Uh, so it's like you try to do everything you can to control everything, and then wham, you get married to someone who has lots of debt. And so, uh, but the trouble is that we try to think that we can control our lives. So there are the four categories of people, the people who are hurting, the people who are restless, the people who are suffering, the people who are discouraged, the people who are in a storm. Now, this is how they respond. These people respond by crying out. They cried out to the Lord in their troubles. And if you read every scripture, and they delivered them from the distress, he led them straight away, and then he said they cried out. They cried out to God. When is the last time we cried out to God? Last week, our, uh, my boss came in and we talked about the lost. One time I brought a friend of mine on campus, and I've been working the campus doing evangelism and all that. But, man, it had been a long time since I ever wept for the lost. And he gets up there on a union, and there's, you know, thousands of people walking by. And he literally begins to cry. He says, look at all these people. And I was convicted. It's like, man, I haven't cried for people in a long time. But these people respond by crying out to the Lord. They cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And if you read Psalms 107, he repeats it four times. Now, here's the wonderful thing about Jesus and our our Father, Heavenly Father. And And I respond to that because it's just something that's really resonated in my heart. That God is not some distant being. That he doesn't hear us. He's not... He's not so far that he can't hear our cries. And I love this about Psalms 107 is that they cry out, and this is the response that God hears them. So each of those four categories, we see the description of their situation, and they cry out to God, and God hears them. He hears them, and he gives them individual, undivided attention. One of the fun things I get to see at my house on a regular basis is my daughter and my son-in-law interact with the kids. And it seems like that, you know, one kid could be fine, the second kid could be fine, but the third one isn't. And then it just kind of rotates. And it's tough to keep your attention on all three when it's just two of you. We call it zone defense. So, but God's not like that. He's not so occupied with the scenario that's pretty serious in the Middle East that he, he doesn't know about your situation. He's not so busy what's going on in the third world and poverty and sickness that he's not aware what's going on in your home and your need. I don't know if you've read, but uh, what's going on in China is pretty serious. I don't know if it's nationwide. But they're now taking people who are committed to the party and living in people's homes, specifically Muslims, to make sure they toe the line. Can you imagine? 
okay, you have to move your kids out of your room, put them in another room, and we're going to put in a guest. And that guest is to keep an eye on you. And even though it's, it's uh, and, it, and we know that the Christian church is suffering in certain parts, and even though God knows that, he's still aware of what's going on here. So God hears. And the thing I love about the scripture, which I won't take too long, but listen what it says. In verse 17, he became fools through the rebellious ways. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word, in verse 20, and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. In verse 21, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with his songs of joy. Now the verse 23 is, again, it's that fourth group. In verse 28, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the, to a whisper the waves and the seas were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. And guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord. For his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let me encourage you today, if you haven't taken time to give thanks. Because I'm telling you, uh, even I I mentioned in the baby dedication, uh, Patrick did not raise himself. Somebody clothed him. Somebody fed him. Somebody gave him a roof over his head. Somebody made him go to school. Somebody told him no. Somebody probably spanked him. Disciplined him. And for that reason alone, he should be very grateful to his parents. Let's elevate that a few levels. We did not just get here by ourselves. God looked out for us. Sometimes he said no, and we didn't like it. Sometimes he disciplined us, and we didn't like the feeling of it. Sometimes he caused the waves to get up pretty high, or we felt like we were down in the depths, you know, one inch from Sheol. But we didn't get here today by ourselves. It was by God's grace. By God's goodness. The people who cry out, God hears. And then the very last part is the people who worship. People who worship. One of the things I'm uh, going to ask uh, Christ to come up here in a second. It says this in verse 20. He sent his word and he healed them. And he delivered them from the destruction, and he sent word, and they were set free. So the question I have for you before we wrap up our service today, where are you? Where are you in your journey with Jesus? You feel restless? Things are just not settled. Things are just not, you know, things are not just, something doesn't feel settled. Now, the funny thing about the first group, I believe it's first and third group. I have to look carefully. Two of them are like, 
it has almost no doing of their own. The other two groups are, is like outright being rebellious. You're just not living right for Jesus. And because of that, certain things have happened. But then some of us have been doing the best we can, and things aren't right either. But no matter what, the solution is really crying out to the Lord again. If you're being rebellious in your life and you haven't been following the Lord and you're, you feel like you're far from God and you find yourself here today, well, praise God, man. You're not so far that God can't reach you. And for that, we need to be grateful for. He sent his word and they healed him and they were sent free. He gave us undivided attention. He has the power to just take that storm in your life and set it at ease. But then the response is that people worship. Thanking him for what he has done. And that's what we do every Sunday is we thank him for what he has done. Two weeks ago we talked about where would we be if the Lord had not intervened. I know where I would be. I wouldn't be at church. I wouldn't know you. You wouldn't know me. I'd be far from God. I'd be, I'd be drowning in my cesspool of selfishness. If it weren't for God, it'd probably be no Robin. There'd probably be no Micah, Mason, Melise, and the grandkids. There'd probably be none of that. I'd just be miserable, hopeless, directionless. And so I have so much to be thankful for. And if we read the rest of the, the chapter in 107, they give thanks. They give thanks. I think, you know, um, I know some people have tattoos. It's a mark. But a mark of a Christian should be someone who is grateful and thankful. Grateful and thankful. And maybe right now it's hard for you to be grateful and thankful because maybe you're just in a, in a tough spot. I'm asking you just, just call out to the Lord. He's, he's here. He's not so busy he can't hear you. So let's just bow our heads for a moment and let's just pray and ask the Lord to help us. To, because he's capable and he's able and he desires Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for you have been good to us. Lord, we know that we didn't get here by ourselves. And Lord, help us as in Psalm 107, those people in those different situations, we cry out to you. Every eye closed, head bowed. If you feel like maybe you're just restless. I'm not saying sinful. I'm just saying restless. That's just you. Just raise your hand. I want to just uh, pray for you. Just put your hand up and down. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just pray for those who lifted their hands and just say, you know what, Lord, I'm just restless. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give them the power to call out to you. Lord, as they try to figure out where to land. Maybe you're suffering because of you've made some really tough choices, bad choices. And the enemy's trying to tell you, you're, you know, you're not worth any more, give up. If that's you, you're like, 
You know, Pastor Mario, I've made some dumb choices in my life, and I'm paying, paying for it. I need, I need God's grace. Just raise your hand. Amen. Put your hand down. Lord, I just pray, God, for those who raise their hand and say, yes, I've made some dumb choices. I need your forgiveness, Father. I need your healing. Maybe you're feel overwhelmed with discouragement. It's just dark right now. We've all been there. We might be there again if you're not there now. Just raise your hand if you feel like that's you, man. That is like, I just feel overwhelmed. Just put your hands up and down. That's fine. Lord, I just pray, God, for those who feel discouraged. Lord, I pray, God, that you would be there all in all, that it, the songs that we sing would be true because we know that you're more than able. Lord, thank you for your wholeness and fullness that you provide, even when our circumstances are not so good. If you feel like you're in a storm, you know, just trying to mind your own business and a storm comes up, you just need a special prayer. Just raise your hand. Put your hand down. Amen. Lord, I thank you, God. Lord, we don't understand all your ways. We acknowledge that. And Lord, we know that some storms are, are from the enemy and some storms you allow for us to get, get our heads on straight. Lord, I just pray for them, Lord, that you would help them. Lord, that you would help us as we go through this time of the storm, I pray, God, for it, that you would, we would learn to hold on to you. Thank you, Lord. We just admit that we need you. And there's no shame in that. I believe that's really what we're reading here in 107 here. And Lord, sometimes we just need to be reminded of our need for you. Sometimes we think that we're in control. Sometimes we think we got it all together and in reality we don't and these things are just a reminder for us to say Lord we need you we thank you we thank you Father Lord just be with us as we go our ways Lord help us to walk in obedience Lord I, again and I not that I'm wallowing in it or you making me wallow but Lord I, I'm sorry for not walking in obedience with you this past week Lord, help me to, to learn to not only to listen, but to obey. We thank you, Father. Lord, thank you for this past weekend of Thanksgiving. We're just so grateful for all that you've done for us. Lord, we're very grateful. Lord, help us to be known as a grateful, joyous people. Help us to focus on all the goodness that you've done for us. Lord, we are, our hope is in you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. May the Lord be with you. He is risen. God bless you. We're dismissed. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.